1: Another edition of the Core 4 podcast. This is a podcast under SB Nations Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, or wherever you find your podcast. Grizzly Bear Blues is also a blog under SB Nations Network. Find them on the web at grizzlybearblues.com or on Twitter at SBN Grizzlies. I'm your host, Parker Fleming, and with me today is none other than my co host, Nathan the Chess Pass Chester. Nate, what up? Parker, I'm doing good, man. But your nicknames
0: need to improve. They're getting a little redundant. We've been doing this for over a year now. Mm-hmm. Chess Pass has probably been used at least a dozen times. Well, I've also now. used
1: Big Nate Chester a lot, too. Big Nate's is basically a na- It's in my Twitter name. It's my social media it's, name. It's easy. I, you know, I'll, <laughs> I will, when I, whenever I, I, I'm at work, I'll sit down and think of some more nicknames. I'm not saying
0: you need to take more time to research this stuff than you do, like, actual NBA content. But I'm just saying. It's getting a little stale need to add a refresh a little bit all
1: right i I understand (laughs) i understand
0: i mean you had two half days at fedex this past week what were you doing better then
1: i was improving myself in the lab at the gym
0: actually that's a pretty valid reason i'll give it to you
1: Mm -hmm. yeah so you know free agencies around the corner they pushed up the date to or the time to where it starts now at i think six o'clock eastern so like your sunday (laughs) afternoon plans are ruined
0: Uh, so NBA Twitter as we know enjoys free agency far more than they do actual NBA basketball so do you think there are gonna be a lot of watch parties for a six o'clock start time on free agency bro I would it's not even a it. watch party it's gonna be everyone at the cookout on their phones refreshing woes and Shams. oh no they
1: always have a uh they always have a free agent special on ESPN even at midnight they have mm-hmm. well here's, they get the, Woj here's on there too here's the funny thing well yeah I knew that remember he
0: like walked into the wrong room he just kind of like appeared like, yeah. he, like in the background.
1: He, he it still, became a
0: meme he, forever. It's he, still learning the roads of his new workplace at ESPN. Uh, but the th- the funny thing is the last three years during free agency, I've been at the beach every single time with no TV. So I've had to rely entirely on Twitter
1: all those times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember I was in St. Louis uh, two years ago for free agency. And now it's at a time with like... Like I was one of the, I was the solo manager or site expert, as they call them at Bill Street Bears. It was a dark time. Eh. It was, no, it was good, but it was before I came around, so that's why it's a dark time. No, you were there. Oh, no, never mind. But, but the thing is, I had to push your posts though. So like I had to have my computer on me at all times and then every little tweet I, I had, on vacation too, mm-hmm. I wrote probably about three articles on vacation. I think that
0: last summer I was at Bill Street Bear. No, it was the first summer I was at Bill Street. Bears. The Bear. only summer you were at Bill Street Bears. Yeah, the only summer. Yeah, I think I wrote when I was down at Gulf Shores. I want to say I wrote
1: three or four posts, three or four posts live that mm-hmm. week. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and then last year, I was out at Ten Roof. During free agency. Luckily, I was with another NBA fan so we could talk about it together. Mm-hmm. I just remember the sheer confusion when Omer Caspi's signing was announced at midnight. <laughs> <People>. <laughs> I was like, what? Why, I, did, why well, did this have to happen right now? All these teams are making like splashy moves and then Omer Caspi signs with the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm like, oh, and it, was my a, God.
0: it was a one year veteran minimum deal. And the general reaction was, that's it. <laughs> That's, That's it. it. That's how I was All like. All of that wait for that. That's how I was exactly it's like. It, and, you know, you had to think to yourself, this can't be it. There has to be more to it. But you're also thinking, it's not like the moratorium dates when teams actually start meeting and discussing terms of players. And I'm thinking to myself, what if they haven't been talking to anyone else? They never made any progress with anyone else. What if this is actually it?
1: Yeah. Well, this summer will be a little different. We, are, we won't be scratching our heads over signing Omer Caspi at midnight of free agency. Because what do we have, Parker? We got two main guys on free agency right now, mm-hmm. and we got both of them in the Marcus Gasol trade. And that is Jonas Valanciunas and mm-hmm. DeLon Wright. And what do we have... That we can use to retain
0: guys of that caliber and/or other guys in free agency,
1: cap space, cap space. Don't we also have their bird rights too? Yeah, for right. Uh, uh, that was very climatic, dog. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, i I was, talking, I was almost. I was talking.
0: No, I was talking more about other free agents. Uh, do you really want to like use your bird rights to really take bad contracts with these
1: two guys? That's one thing I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. So with Jonas a simple discussion because people. Um. So obviously he was an awesome. Not average, nineteen and eleven, and also like close, to like two assists a game too. Mm-hmm. Like he, he was, was very in, good, pretty good on a, defense too. hmm mm-hmm. Average like one point five blocks too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was very good. But the thing is, people are concerned about his fit with Jaron Jackson, who people kind of see long term as a five. And it's even weirder now with Clark. And also nobody knows what his market is. <laughs> because he's he opted out of 17 million and hopes for a longer deal. but we, and we talked about
0: this, I believe it, it was what, like five days before the draft when the last time we talked about you No, know, it was the day he um, opted out or didn't opt in. Um, but to put it simply, I, along with most people, want Valentinus back. He put up better raw numbers than Marcus Saul ever did as a Grizzly in the 20 or so games that he played last year in a Grizzlies uniform. But obviously, we want him back at the right price. Mm -hmm. And like you said, we don't really know what the market is for him. So at this point, I am of the opinion that he's going to go out there and the deals that he wants, whether that's four years, 60, or something of that nature that the Grizzlies simply do not want to give them, I don't think he's going to find it. I don't think he's going to find it out there. And I honestly, as of right now, think he will be a member of the Grizzlies next year, and he will, he will be back on a team-friendly deal. I think the market that he's looking for just simply isn't there.
1: Yeah, and... Like you said, the right price, but I also think in almost the right years, too. Mm-hmm. Because I don't mind overpaying them a bit if it's a two-year deal. But if you're giving them a four-year deal, I, I'm not really about it. Mm-hmm. Because the conversation's changed now because they got Brandon Clark.
0: Mm-hmm. It like, has.
1: Yeah. If, hypothetically, let's say they had drafted with that pick, like Nurseer Little. Mm-hmm. I think you can get away with keeping balance units for about three or four years. Yeah, probably. But now it's like you... You had this dynamic four or five combo. What he's good at,
0: he will still be good at three or four years from now.
1: Balanchunas. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree with you there. And um, but now it's and they have two legitimate cornerstone ish players. I'll say I say ish because Clark, we don't know if he's going to be more cornerstone or complimentary. But mm-hmm. Jackson's meant to play the five. Yeah, he's the epitome of a modern five. Whereas Clark is a four mm-hmm. and you don't want them to be, I guess I don't want to say held back. Cause it's not really held back, but like, you have a very productive center so, also.
0: So if you're really convinced that Clark is going to develop into a cornerstone of your team that you think one okay, day... a good
1: third best player.
0: Good third best player. You think he could end up having a Draymond Green level impact on your team. You have to start to think to yourself, okay, and this, in our last podcast, as we talked a little bit uh, more about the draft, I talked about how I think the concerns about Jackson physically playing the five at this point are overblown. I think you could put Jaron. at the 5 next year and he would do perfectly fine physically and on defense. Yeah. So mm. you have to think to yourself if you're convinced that Clark is going to be a long-term meaningful impact in your team you have to think maybe we should take that money we think about giving to Valentinus and see how we can improve the roster in other ways around those guys because like you said it's an it's a it's a weird fit. It's, it's almost taking away from someone else at that point if you think that Clark is going to be that impactful
1: within the I next think,
0: th- within the next
1: 3 years. I think he's too I think his value to the future is more important than the present impact of Valentinus because let's be real. Wexler said this Kleinman said this. Their objective is the sustainability of success. Mm -hmm. Nicer way of saying we're rebuilding. Yeah. Like, yes, Valanciunas is good. I've always preached how I want to have good, young, veteran role players in their primes alongside young stars, because I really think that elevates the level of play as far as that. I mean, it's a formula that we've seen the past few years. But at the right price. At the right price, yes, but also the right fit. Yeah. Like... For example, Indiana. They brought in Bad Young, Bogamba, Donovich, and Darren Collison. All three very good veteran players. But what did those three players do? They complemented Oladipo and Turner, their actual young core. And that helped them make a playoff run two years in a row. And then with Utah, who's with Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell? You had Ricky Rubio, Joe Ingles and Derek Favors, veteran role players that also didn't get in the way of of those players in terms of position. Mm -hmm. Like, I would rather use that money that you would use on Jonas Valanciunas and go out and get a good wing. Yeah, and that's that's
0: where I'm at if... The market is starting to get into $14 million a year, or Valanchunas puts his foot down since he wants a four-year deal. You have to start to wonder that as good as Valanchunas was last year and how maybe good he could be over the next couple years in Memphis. Here's the thing. No matter how good Valanchunas is next year or the next couple years, I think – If this new young core goes the way that we think it will, I think John Morant has the potential to be the absolute best point guard in the NBA. That's his peak ceiling. No, that's his peak ceiling. Why is that not the case? It sounds crazy to say, but why is that not his peak ceiling?
1: It's, It's not really just that, in my opinion. I just think the world of Trae Young.
0: Yeah, that's too. Uh, you of all
1: people know that I think I know you think Trey that. Young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. hey, De'Aaron Fox. Okay,
0: all so let's just say for the sake of that, we'll say I think his ceiling, he'll be in the top tier with Young and Fox at the peak of their primes. Let's say that.
1: I think he'd be it's, a top five, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: He, he would be a top five point guard. Easy, prime. yeah, yeah, yeah. Jaron Jackson ends up becoming a transcendent Anthony Davis-like big man, and Clark ends up having an almost Draymond Green-level impact on this team. That's a lot of ifs, and it probably won't all go that way. But with this core, the Grizzlies could contend for a title in the 2020s. Yes. They, they could contend, They could be a championship-caliber team. And if the Grizzlies do win a championship, Jonas, Val- Jonas Valanciunas will not be on that team.
1: I, he, I agree He will with not If he here. is, he's like a, pl- a platoon center. The, yeah. The, the, you, the, how much do you want to pay for a platoon center? You're not paying 10 plus million a year. Right.
0: Yeah, and I think most people would think 10 million a year is reasonable for him, but even for a platoon center, I would not be paying that
1: kind of money too. And this is even coming from two people that are... Well, I don't know about you. You can speak for yourself, but I was a huge Jones Valanciunas fan.
0: No no, 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 no. I, li- I really liked him last year. <laughs> but we're just trying to use like a little... A little watch. It, yeah. It's the balance you're trying to strike between competing in the short term towards long term sustainability, like you said. Because what, if you go ahead and start Jaron and Clark at four and five, you will probably not be as good of a team next year if you had had Jonas and Jaron in the starting lineup and Clark coming off the bench. I think that's fair to say. Jonas would make you a better team next year, but would he stunt the development of Jaron Jackson at the five or take minutes away from developmental uh, developmental minutes away from Clark that he could use to end up becoming the player that he could possibly become? You have to think of it in those terms because with or without Jonas Valanciunas, in all likelihood, the Grizzlies are not making the playoffs next year. So at the end of the day, I don't think it's worth being more competitive in the short term. I'm not saying to hurt the tank because tanking has been disincentive or de there's no reason for it it's de but also yeah, exactly. we're
1: seeing more implicate like we're seeing more of like why it really doesn't work
0: yeah it doesn't really work as like a general function unless you develop like a five year plan for it like the Sixers did and or also if you're like
1: the Sixers and you land Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons mm-hmm. to generational talents yeah and
0: with the way the new draft uh, the new lottery rules work. It's definitely been decentivized. Um, so, but it's also not worth...
1: And also it just brings a, a different kind of culture that you don't really want. Yeah, it That's brings a different kind like of Phoenix. culture.
0: And it possibly... Um, using Jonas could possibly um, stunt the development of two guys that don't you don't want, don't want to grow into the roles. I'm not I saying necessarily... Say stun, I, I, I wouldn't say, say stunt. Stun, stun,
1: no. I'm thinking more of Clark than Jaron when I say that. For me personally, I'd rather just say like take minute takes minutes away from mm-hmm. instead of stunt because I re, I actually do think that Jonas and Jaron could have complimented each other. It's just the addition of Clark where I'm just like, okay, it's more Clark. You don't really, yeah. Jonas would be, let's put it this way. Jonas would be more of a luxury than a necessity next year. Yeah. Like he's a very good player, very efficient, but at the end of the day, wouldn't you rather have that luxury come from somewhere else? When you have two guys that you'd like to develop as your four and five, two guys that have the upside to probably be the greatest defensive front court duo that we might have, we might have ever see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, I'll do while you're on the whole thing of like getting in the way, taking minutes away from players. I do want to talk about Delon Wright because I'm in the same boat as. Was on, I'm in the same boat for him as I am for Jonas. So, having DeLon Wright back, I would not be upset. He's a very good backup point guard.
0: I think DeLon Wright, and he's a tad older. I think he'll be 27 when the season starts. Right. I think he's 27 right now. And the league is full of point guards who become late bloomers. Mike Conley, Steve Nash, among them. Um, I could see DeLon Wright becoming a top 15 point guard in the NBA. I think he's got the skill set for it. You mean, I like- you mean future Phoenix son, DeLon Wright? <laughs> and it's very possible. I think it's very possible. He could be a starting point guard on yeah, that team. I, really- I, I, could, I think he has the skill set and the ability to be a top 15 point guard in the NBA. Now, I want to hear what you say just to make sure I understand what you're about to say. But are you saying that you're afraid that DeLon may take some minutes away from Ja?
1: In a way. In a way. I'll explain. So, I do think behind – I think DeLon Wright would be an excellent backup point guard behind John Morant. I'm going to go out and say that because he has good size where he can play next to him. I think he has very good defensive versatility, can stretch across all three perimeter positions, very good ball handler. He's a great rebounder for his size, and he's very good at getting in the lane. I actually really want to do a feature sometime this summer if we keep him. Talk about the jelly of DeLon Wright. You know, the kids call it that. You know, yeah, the jelly. The right. layup package, they call it the jelly. Yes. Filet. Filet, yeah. Filet. Exactly. But my my main concern with DeLon Wright, because I would want to play him and Ja at the same time. I, I want to get a back oh, yeah. point guard that you can play with Ja Morant. Uh, the Raptors, because imagine, were good, were, Raptors were a good case study in that this year. Right. God, imagine how how much you can run with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's not going to space the floor. He's not. I'd rather get a cheap veteran point guard that can still mentor Jaw but also you can play them next to each other and he will space the floor and not down threes for you. at a good clip.
0: And DeLon doesn't exactly fit the mold of the veteran <laughs> point guard that I think you're imagining. DeLon is still trying to find his way in the league. He's a little bit older than somebody who fits that mold, normally is, but DeLon is still trying to prove that he belongs. Now, I think we I all. Think he has did, no, no, born, no, no. Yeah. I, I think he does belong, but I think there's a certain... Um, he was the third point guard in Toronto. Memphis was like the first real meaningful minutes that he had gotten to play and he did play meaningful minutes in Toronto but like I said he was
1: third point guard at the he, end of the day but yeah, the thing said, is because mm-hmm. they used that dual point guard spot so well mm-hmm. it didn't really seem like he was third point mm-hmm. guard yeah just like in terms of traditional mm-hmm. you know these close minded traditionalists at the NBA I know I know it hurts stick you. to yeah. one position mm-hmm. you're like oh he's a third string point guard but really like because of the emphasis on dual point guards like yeah. And that my thing is, Kenny, he, he's a career thirty three percent three point shooter. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Shot twenty nine percent last year. It's not like he's trending upward. No, and and that's my thing. I guess also I'm just worried about his the market for him. The people that say he can go out and get a four and forty, are that, that's kind that, of that's absurd. Not, that's not happening. I don't see
0: that unless unless Phoenix just strikes out really on absolutely red. everything this summer.
1: Like, I would I would bring back DeLon for 3 and 18. I, I think that's I, fair. I think think that's fair yeah. Fred Van Fleet is the best backup point guard in the NBA, and he's getting 2 and 18. Yeah,
0: and he's got, but uh, Van Fleet's also going to get 15, 16 a year
1: once yeah, his contract's right? so, up. Yeah, he will get yeah. overpaid next summer. Yeah, yeah. I can guarantee. Um, but I look at this market for backup. Even Spencer Dinwiddie got 3 and 36. He's not better than Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie should be a starter.
0: Yeah, he should. Like, Definitely. And he probably would be next year if it wasn't for Kyrie, probably mm-hmm. on the way. Or uh, coming
1: back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, I, it, the thing is, just like gauging that market for backup point guards, DeLon is probably... Where would you rank him on backup point guards? <sighs>
0: I'd have to go down the entire. I'd have league. to go down the list Yeah, list too. I'd, I'd go down the list, but but um, he's not
1: worth it, his ten plus. So man. in our
0: notes over here, we have um, we were looking at potential options that the Grizzlies could target in free agency at the point guard position. I want you to pass Napier and um, Napier and Collison. Um, I think the line's better than both those guys. I do,
1: That's, but the thing mm-hmm. is, for one, I don't think they're he's like much better. I think they're in the same tier of point. I think Collison's excellent. Yeah, like he's not great or flashy anything. I just think he's a good steady point guard Um. Collison also cannot shoot
0: and he's one of the few players I can think of the NBA where the numbers lie about someone because I think he has shot over 40% from 3 over the last 4 to 5 years in each of those seasons and I'm not even sure if he's made 83's in a season any of those seasons he technically is a good shooter but he doesn't shoot he doesn't defenses do not respect him they don't.
1: So, I mean, is he's been a 40% three-point shooter the past 4 years on close to three attempts a game.
0: He's making point nine He made point 9 per game for his career. Makes under one a game for yeah, his career. Yeah, because look at
1: the first half of his career. I'm like recently there, though. There was an article written about he him. He doesn't because, shoot many. He doesn't shoot a lot anyways. Mm-hmm, yeah. But I mean, If you can get him, I would rather get him for one year five million than Delon for three and eighteen. That's fair. Same with Napier. I think Napier would be cheap too. And I I like his potential space of floor. He's a veteran that can kind of teach job
0: Yeah. And there's there's so much room for nuance, and we've been hitting that all this time because you think to yourself, Um, What are you willing to give up? You don't want guys who can come in and possibly stunt the development of new guys that you've brought in. Um, You don't want to spend too much money over too many years for someone like DeLon. Especially when you already have John, Jan. When you can find other veteran stopgaps who can help aid guys like Morant, Clark, and Jackson to help them reach the next level, to provide that veteran leadership for them. But also, while competing in the short term is not the priority— Delon and Jonas are good.
1: They are good. Yeah, and they are good, good players. I don't think we have said that. And That's actually we've been saying that to, the whole
0: time. I know, and it's just that, um, that wiggle room that we're trying to navigate, that kind of line we're trying to balance on, is that we both realize that competing in the short term is not the priority, but they will both make your team better – next year a lot better than probably anyone else that you can get at their positions. At their positions, easily. Uh And so can you find uh, the fine line where you say, this contract is reasonable even if there is another veteran stopgap at their position that we could give less money to are we willing to say okay their greater skill their greater talent warrants this extra money even if we realize that they're probably not going to be pivotal pieces on a potential uh, the potential culmination of this team five to six years down the line that's the line you have to walk that's
1: the question you have to answer for yourself yeah, mm-hmm. and I guess like it, what you said with stopgap. Mm-hmm. One thing I will say is like, will Delon and JV want to be stopgaps? Because like you said with Delon, he's still trying to prove himself in the league. And Delon in particular, probably
0: I would assume if you asked him, he may say one thing to be respectful, but I'm pretty sure he feels that he's better than John Moran and he right feels like now. he should be the starting point guard. Yeah, uh-huh. and then
1: Jonas Valanciunas, he just be like, I just averaged, I just got you a 20 and 11. Uh, like, yeah, give me give me the freaking ball.
0: Yeah, like. Uh-huh.
1: I don't know. That that's just my thing. I think you, I think you could find good complements next to those two for cheaper. But also guys that could be good veterans in the locker room.
0: It, and it, it, it's another thing that while we may agree that those guys won't be pivotal pieces when this core possibly grows into a championship caliber team, there's no guarantee that they're going to do that. There's no guarantee that they're going to reach that level. That Ja is going to become a top five point guard. That Jaron. We're assuming a lot, but Jaron showed a lot of great stuff last year. Enough to make me think he will be a transcendent big man. We have still not seen enough to know that that that's going to be a certainty.
1: I think I mean I think it's going to be a certainty. He has the tools. He has the mentality. Mm-hmm. I, I think the only thing we really need to see out of him is can he just grab rebounds? Yeah. Is can he grab enough rebounds to play? The, I think one thing that the Grizzlies should really harp on. If they want to roll with Jaron Jackson at the five, it's gang rebounding. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have the players to do it. Brandon Clark can do it. Kyle Anderson's a good rebounder for his position. I feel like Jaw could be a good one too. Same with Dylan Brooks at the two. They, I think that's one where you'd have to you may have it to where it's like your leading rebounders like Clark with seven rebounds, but you also have like five or six guys averaging five or more rebounds a game. Yep. Yeah. And so I want to take a little quick ad break here. But on the other side, we're going to talk about some outside free agent targets that I, I think we should go for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. We are back. And so, Nate, we did have like a, a little note of some players, outside targets that we should, uh, the Grizzlies should explore. We already t- uh, harped on Derek Hollis and Shavazz Napier. But I do want to start out with the whole center deal. It's like, okay, if not Valentino, then who?
0: Well, Uh, uh, one name that has come up and since uh, last night was the report on Twitter that Willie Colley Stein's agent said he was no longer happy in Sacramento and that he hoped the Kings didn't even give him a qualifying offer so he could be an unrestricted free agent Willie Colley Stein is definitely uh, one younger name in mind that you could see as more of a stopgap before Jaron Jackson is given the full reins of the five position Um, there's also Kavon Looney Dwayne Deadman, there are other names on the market now none of these guys are as good as Jonas Valanciunas
1: which I think is something we've already kind of touched on but I think ha- they both compliment they both complement Jaron Jackson Jr. but also I think when it comes around the trade or new year all-star break when they're like alright let's start when Taylor Jenkins decides okay it's time to put Clark and Jaron at the 4 and 5 these guys won't mind coming off the bench
0: no they won't yeah
1: All right, and so, yes, we mentioned uh, Willie Cauley-Stein. And um, as of Sunday night at 926, I tweeted a quote tweet of the article about Willie Cauley-Stein. And I said, Willie Cauley-Stein would probably be half the price of Jonas, and he would fit in super well with a Faster Grizzlies team. Five retweets, 49 likes, 10 replies. I don't care about the replies all that much, but, um, yeah. And so, I do like the idea of Cauley-Stein. He can play faster. Like you said in your tweet, he's more athletic,
0: and the Grizzlies will probably try to play more up-tempo with Ja running the show next year. Um, Another thing, and I think we talked about this back in the draft podcast, is Connie Stein is good enough. Um, There were frustrations with his consistency at Sacramento, but he averaged 11 points, 8 rebounds, and 2 assists a game on a team that just missed the playoffs. He's not bad. No. He's good. He is a solid player. And I think in the right situation, especially in an up-tempo system that can maybe inflate yeah. his stats, a little Tony style there for you, he could definitely be worth something at the trade deadline once you decide, okay, maybe midseason we want Jaron Jackson to start playing the five and we want Brandon Clark to start playing the four. In an up-tempo system that kind of inflates his stats, makes him look maybe a little bit better than he is. He could be flipped for some assets in the trade deadline.
1: And maybe then um, the Grizzlies do decide to keep a little bit of their trade exception. They can use Kali Stein as bait to go take a bad contract plus a pick. Yeah. Hassan Whiteside. Yeah. I mean, is there any drop-off or is it even an upgrade if the oh, Heat— side an upgrade, yeah. No, it's about like if the Heat went from Bam— and Whiteside to Bam and Kali Stein, even just for a year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. you're not missing out on anything. Right. Um. Honestly, Kali Stein, out of the guys that we mentioned on these notes, um, Kali Stein's probably at the bottom of the list for me. I like I like Kevin Kevon Looney the most. Looney's a winner, and I'm not just Looney's saying a that.
0: I, I'm not just saying that because he's played in Golden State and won. Dude played with well, a freaking
1: broken collarbone. He, he wasn't on the 2015 championship team, was he? I think he was a. He might have been a rookie. Okay, so or he's, like got, he he's got, got three rings. No, no, no. no he got drafted that summer. I think. Okay, so he's got two rings. He's got two rings. I'm not just saying that because he's got two rings. He's
0: played through pain, played through a broken collarbone, consistently makes winning plays, sets good screens. He knows how to win. He knows how to help a good team win, and he can help show a young, growing team how to win as well. And he's also young himself. He's also relatively young, and he's could be a good, cheap option, not only for this year, but going forward (laughs) should you decide you're fine with Jaron playing the four for a couple of years, you're fine with we'll bringing Brandon Clark off the bench for a year or two. Yeah, he's Looney will make your team better by being on it.
1: And the big thing is, you're taking him away from the Warriors. <laughs> I will also say though, I he's their s- most reliable big man. Exactly, he was. There was plenty of people out there saying that Kevon Looney should be playing over Demarcus Cousins. He started doing that. I know Kerr started doing that. Honestly, yeah. for the past several, uh, the past three years, he's been their best big man he really in terms can't. of production. I don't count Draymond as their big man, yeah, just because he's he's just an anomaly. He's like a just does a lot more than the traditional big man.
0: As a traditional big man, he has been their best.
1: Yeah, and as far because they the- they basically have a four man rotation there, with it's always been like, well, Boogie, Boogie, Bogut, Bell, Looney. Mm-hmm and then before Boogie they had uh, Damian Jones I think Anderson Vergeau just always they've always just had these, these centers which all they gotta do is just set screens
0: yeah and so question and we didn't put this in our notes is Looney a restricted free agent or an unrestricted free agent
1: I'll give him 3-10 and 10, or 3-30 or and 30.
0: it would probably take 3-30 and 30 to get him away from the Warriors i would do it yeah, yeah. I would do it why not you get you would, you, give, would th- you would you give him three? All right, let's say Jonas at three thirty six or Looney at three thirty. But Jonas, Jonas,
1: Jonas, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Uh-huh.
1: All right, so another, I kind of lump these two together. I think well, I think one brings a lot more veteran pre- like veteran leadership because he's older, but I kind of consider Dwayne Deadman and Maxi Kleber uh, in the same. I love Maxi Kleber. I love Maxie Cleaver. Um, I think I, I think uh, Jenkins can kind of mold him into like a, a light Brook Lopez because he can block. Sh- he's one of the best shot dude, dude, blockers dude, he in the re- league. He made he can shoot threes as
0: far as um, block percentage. Was it would it, it would have surprised me if he was the best in the league. I think he and was, was the, one of the best he in he played In the minutes he played. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. He was um, he, he was a prolific shot blocker. Um, Where do you did play? In college? Yeah. Not sure.
1: Not really sure.
0: But he was the biggest reason why the Grizzlies lost that
1: game against Dallas. No, no, 20 no, no. That years. was a slaw measure. Oh, I'm getting my names mixed the, up here. The Indian Shaq. <laughs> the Indian Shaq. Okay, okay, no, but Massey Kleber, he, but, yeah. no, he just came out of Germany. So no surprise, they went after a... um Yeah, not surprised, a surprise. Um, European. But... He averaged, in only 21 minutes, he averaged 7-5 in a block a game. Yeah. And he shot 35% on 3.1 three-point attempts. Mm-hmm.
0: I, a, good rim protector, is, a good rim protector He shoots 35% from three. It doesn't really matter what he does outside of that. Those are two skills that a modern
1: NBA big man needs. And he's 27. Yep. I don't think he's also... He's also the kind that I said with um, Deadman, to where I think that I alluded to earlier in the show it's that when you decide to run Jackson and Clark at the 4 and 5 you can move Cleaver to the bench it yeah. won't be much of an issue but also think about this I think Cleaver is the perfect fit next to a guy like Christos Porzingis but they're going to chase bigger fish go yeah. out and get them on July 2nd mm-hmm. Dallas maybe after Jonas Jonas. yeah mm-hmm. I, they can have them I mean <laughs> depending I, on how I, much I, they're willing to give. I really think you can get Kleber for probably about 2-8 and eight or 2-10. and 10. Probably. Two, I, I say like 2-8. and eight.
0: And it, again, that goes back to the discussion about um, Kleber is obviously an inferior player to Jonas or even Willie Collie stein or Looney for that matter. Um, but he does fill the role as a veteran stopgap. And with the value on that contract that you'd be getting, let's say a two-year, $10 million deal, does that lack of talent get made up for in the um, – uh, space that you are creating by not locking that much money into the center position when Jaren Jackson is going to
1: hopefully take right. it over. Right. And also, the Grizzlies really, uh, with DeLon and with JV, they got to be careful with these deals because they're going to enter a time where they'll have very optimal cap space to do whatever they want. They In will. In 2020, yeah. the restricted free agent class is strong. hmm Yeah. Go, go, go get one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Go get like Kara Slavert or Malik Beasley yeah. kind of player. I mean, that doesn't sound glamorous, but damn, they'd be good on this Grizzlies team. They would be. Yeah, and so I wanna transition into some superlatives. Are you ready? <laughs> Alright, you good. gotta think of these just on the top of your head, all right? Okay. Alright, so um first one, the player, the grizzly, the mo the player most likely linked to the Grizzlies, but will not be in Memphis. Willie Cauley-Stein. Fair enough. Mm, I like yeah. that one. I i have Kelly Oubre for me. Oh, oh you meant just in general in for, general, real, for yeah, the rest in of free agents. Oh, yeah, you in you
0: general. know what? I'm going to go with Oubre for that too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It makes sense because the failed trade transaction and yeah, it just
1: makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Now, now another one. Uh, the free agent that Joe Mullen asked will most likely write a 1700 word column on. All right. Let me go down the list here. I got to get this one right. Honestly, that could be <laughs> I too. Actually, I got, one, I, I got one that wasn't on our list because I forgot to really look at players uh, that are yeah. in the top. I got two candidates. I have Ronnie Hood and Malcolm Brogdon.
0: <sighs> okay, not, Malcolm Brogdon is good enough. I'm a huge Brogdon guy. Brogdon is good enough where even a Joe Moulinac stink piece will not be able to
1: sink him. <laughs> Just think about this. Yeah. If the Grizzlies come away this summer with John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., Brandon Clark, and Malcolm Brogdon...
0: Well, you are a borderline playoff team if everything goes according to plan next year. Just imagine. If that's the case. Just imagine. Malcolm Brockton is significantly better than D'Angelo Russell. Nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yes, he is. Okay, for the price that you'll get each of them.
0: Yeah, okay. He's a better value. He will make your team better than D'Angelo Russell would. I think he would have made the Nets better in Russell's place.
1: The Nets wouldn't have made the playoffs without Russell.
0: Do you remember? Okay, Brogdon gets a bigger offensive role in Brooklyn than he does in Milwaukee. He's not as good a shot creator as D'Angelo Russell. Russell's not even an efficient shot creator, though.
1: You're just being a nerd like everybody else. <laughs> You're like, oh, he's an inefficient shooter. He can't draw content. Oh, my gosh. Don't You're compare, being don't a compare nerd. Don't compare me
0: to Duncan Smith. And those You're being a and nerd. No. Tour.
1: D'Angelo a- Russell is a bona fide all-star. And just remember, yeah. before, when the Grizzlies, when they had that collapse against the Grizzlies mm-hmm. early in the season, they were a below 500 team mm-hmm. that was consistently blowing leads. Mm-hmm. All right? Yeah. Carol Severt goes down, and everyone's like, all right, this team's heading for the lottery. D'Angelo puts the team on his back. Because just think, they didn't lose just Levert over that stretch. They also had stretches, where they lost Dinwiddie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they started, and they were still winning games because of D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. Like. Okay. Okay, are you about to pull up Malcolm Brogdon's 50-40-90? No, I don't. I could say
0: that off the top of my head. I don't need a okay. pull-up basketball reference to look at 50-40-90. Well the effective field goal percentage of 58%. Whew, let me tell you. But <laughs> I, it's it anyway, there's first off, I think you're misunderstanding. Angelo well.
1: Russell's legitimately a top ten point guard. Is it, well yeah. I I think he's better than Broadden. Better I think there are things Broadden does better. Let well, me re-clarify. I, I think you're missing point. the impact of D'Angelo Russell. I I'm, okay, so... You know, I'm the D-Lo guy, so I'm t-
0: triggered. Dude, I'm a D-Lo guy, too. I think Russell's a top 10 point guard, too. I really like his game, and I uh, concede everything you just said. He was very pivotal in Brooklyn making the playoffs. He wasn't the only reason that Brooklyn ended up making the playoffs, but he was one of the most pivotal reasons. I,
1: one of they, I think he was the most pivotal reason to make the playoffs. Fair
0: enough. But... Would you agree that there is a difference between raw talent and making a team better?
1: I mean, the thing is, I understand your thing of making mm-hmm. a team better, and I think Broadden did make the Milwaukee Bucks better. I mean, it did, mm-hmm. but also his role is not as significant as D'Angelo Russell's, and the fact that he was let's be real. I mean, I think towards the playoffs, he became more of their third best player, but for a lot of the season, he was their fourth best player, Broadden with Giannis, Middleton, Bledsoe. Bledsoe and Brogdon differed each night, but uh, there were some people I saw on Twitter that said Eric Bledsoe should have been an all-star. Ugh. But Brogdon. like I said, towards, I said, the playoff, I said I, towards the playoffs. I
0: am with you in saying that Russell is a greater raw talent than Brogdon. I'm not disagreeing with you on that. Like I I have been a huge Russell supporter since the time he got into and the league. Is, just, I, think the way, I think the way he got treated in Los Angeles was absolutely ridiculous. The fact... A guy who seems to have all the all-star potential in the world and you want to run him out of town because he tattled on one of his teammates and was cheating on his wife slash girlfriend. Whatever. I think girlfriend. that's absolutely it stupid. It's Okay, girlfriend. That was stupid. It, the whole situation from top to bottom was extremely stupid. Um, but Brogdon, I would argue, is a better floor general than Russell, if given a bigger role. He doesn't have to do as much with Giannis Antetokounmpo and Eric Bledsoe also on the court. In Milwaukee, he's a much, much better defender than Russell is. That's not even debatable in the slightest. Shot creation, Russell's got him there. But you also have to take into account that Brogdon is not having to create his shot for himself as much as Russell is in Brooklyn. If he was given a bigger role, a bigger opportunity in a place like Brooklyn, I think you would start to see more parity in that area. And his, you make fun of the 50-40-90, but it's nothing to scoff I've, at. It's something, worked,
1: the thing is, mm-hmm. I love Malcolm Brogdon too. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things where like, I understand like he makes teams better, and he might make teams like better than Russell does, but also it's tough for me to like really like take that and agree with it just because we just watched D'Angelo Russell Will a team to the playoffs And not I, even just and, will a team to the playoffs To a six and, seed
0: And there's there's room for nuance here Because I think in that type of situation Russell is more um, It's a better fit for him A better role for him to be a little bit more Of a main primary shot creator If a team is about to go down in flames And you need a guy To give you 25 points a night Russell probably fits that mold better than Brockton That doesn't necessarily make him a better player In my opinion
1: I yeah, Agree to disagree.
0: Okay, it's all good. We'll we have very few agree to disagree
1: moments. This is one of them. Yeah, this, this, is, is, one very, this them. is one of them. So and
0: I'm not even saying that Brogdon is in fact better than Russell. I'm even say, giving you that Russell is a better raw talent. I'm just saying, especially on the Grizzlies, I'd rather. Okay, have Brogdon. on the Grizzlies,
1: yeah, I I want to with Jaw. I wouldn't. I'd rather have Brogdon than Delo. Yeah, but I think a team that's trending
0: in an upward direction that's going towards meaningful title contention. You would, rather have, you would rather have Malcolm Brogdon as your second or third best player than D'Angelo Russell as your second or third best player. That's, Let me back up and say third indeed. or fourth. You would rather have uh, Brogdon as your third or fourth best player than you'd rather have Russell as your second or third best
1: okay, player. Okay, because against. that's actually mm-hmm. that's because we've actually seen Brogdon as a third or fourth best player. We mm-hmm. haven't seen Delo as a second or third best player.
0: And we, we arguably, and, we, and we haven't seen Brogdon in a situation where he basically has to put a team on his back like Russell did in Brooklyn. Okay. But
1: I still <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm not gonna You got disagree. you there. Is, no.
1: You didn't even get me there. Like Yes. Yes, you point out he you're right, he hasn't had to put a team on his back like Russell did. I know, like I said This, is, this whole podcast
0: has turned into a Brockton versus Russell debate. That's no, not how we no. planned for this to go.
1: Nonetheless, nonetheless, nonetheless. So the winner of the uh, most likely for to have a seventeen hundred word column written about him by Joe Mullinax is Malcolm Broadden. Fair enough. Fair That's enough. What would you give Malcolm Broadden to prime away from Milwaukee? So I actually can see that happening with Taylor Jenkins here.
0: Four fifty six.
1: You think I'd give four, him away?
0: Four, I'd go four sixty.
1: would go four sixty. Four sixty, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Easily. I'll do four and sixty. Um, so uh next next one. We call this the Ben McLemore Award. The player that we think would is going to be an amazing fit in Memphis, but ends up just sucking. Give me a minute here, Um, Ronnie Hood. Nah, I think
0: Hood would do all right. Not as good as he did in Portland in the playoffs this past year, but for the nerds,
1: um, (sighs) Dorian Finney Smith. That's no fun. (laughs) Uh, We got to think spicier here. Um, Shoot. I got one. Reggie Bullock's boring,
0: but that's a potential one. I got one. What? Derrick Rose. Rose would be good. I mean, since I'm not one of the nerds, I'll make fun of them right now. But uh, Rose would come to Memphis, and I mean, he'd be a pretty bad fit. Actually. He'd be a bad fit with John.
1: But actually, wouldn't he be a good, cheap backup for him? Possibly.
0: I don't even know if he'd want to do
1: that, though. Man.
0: But um, He was a backup he, for
1: he, Jeff Teague. <sighs> he was a backup for Jeff freaking Teague. Because he was the only scoring punch they had coming off the bench. And we who do we have? Or
0: is it Minnesota had higher ambitions than the Grizzlies did last year. Mm-hmm. Um but
1: That's a tough award. I don't R- like that R- award.
0: Rose is somebody that would come to Memphis and the nerds would shake their fist and his uh, lack of shooting efficiency, but he'd still score 15 points a game and call it a year, and, to, his, and his career would extend
1: one more season. Mm-hmm. God, if we got freaking Ricky Rubio. Um, I'm trying to Jabari Parker.
0: We know Jabari would be bad if he
1: came. Okay, but the casual fan. The casual
0: fan. Yeah, okay, a casual fan would remember him at Duke and would think he would be a really
1: good player. I'm trying to think if there's any more. Uh, You're going to have to go up farther. Nah, this. Jeff Green. (laughs) Cheap. Veteran backup point guard Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas. Thomas. I would actually, it's gonna be, it would be so cheap. Okay, okay.
0: Too. So you, Parker, my uh, positional versatility friend, you're you two point guard loving you. You but it's love Isaiah those,
1: Thomas. You love
0: those two. He's bu- a little you ca- you casual fan. He's a
1: little buddy. He's a little buddy. Kevin
0: Love's like, here's the ball, I'll take it. It <laughs> 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 said, so, but you two, you will not betray your beliefs of a two yeah. point guard lineup. Because there is absolutely no way in hell that you can play Isaiah Thomas and John Morant together. Yeah, <laughs> I would be getting 30 against that backcourt. <laughs> it would be cool, though. Yeah. It would be a little bit interesting to watch, I guess. And his there's no guarantee his offense will return to even 70% of what it was.
1: I, I'm just going off rails here because I'm scrolling through. Would you want Quinn Cook? <sighs> Not really not really God, I don't care for him very much
0: dude was getting the best looks in the world in Golden State and I think he's got a reputation
1: Hizonia wins the Ben McLemore award oh yeah I think that's it that's the one that, that's
0: almost too easy that's it's Spider-Man meme of each they're the Spider-Man
1: meme of each other, the each other. Nah. yeah oh well alright moving on to our next award um, the free agent if signed by the Grizzlies most likely to give Parker Fleming a heart attack
0: This is a game Wait, wait, wait. Is this this just like you would be so excited you would have a heart attack? Oh, yeah. Um,
1: Come on, this is easy. Jake Lehman. Jake (laughs) Lehman. Jake Jake Lehman. Dude, imagine how insufferable I'll be if we we had Grayson Allen and Jake Lehman. You just want it for the beams, (laughs) not for the actual basketball fit. He did have a very good stretch in January where he was like a 14-3. Yeah. He had like a very – he showed signs of being a productive player. Let's be real. Terry Stotts loves Mo Harkless, and then they traded for Ronnie Hood. So it just kind of pushed Laman out of the I, rotation. I'm
0: not a fan. But I'm, also, a, I'm not a fan of a wing, no matter how athletic, no matter how skilled he may be in other areas. Which I mean, he's not a good defender. So I'm not. I'm not like saying he's a good defensive player and a bad like, offensive player. But I am not a fan of six nine wings who can also slide in the four that can't shoot.
1: You know what? I'm also here's my thing. There's a thing. That was a legitimate thing in Atlanta with Budenholzer. It was called Hawks University where mediocre wings became serviceable and good. Damari Carroll is still living off of that. Damari Carroll, Kent Bazemore, Torian Prince, Justin Holiday to an extent. I mean, didn't he play for Atlanta? I feel like he did. I don't remember where he played before Chicago. He played Chicago, New York, and um, I want to say he played for Atlanta. So, I mean, that really helped restore his, um, what's the right word for it? Um, he. NBA career. He was there he for, did one, play for one year. Half a yeah. season. Mm-hmm. And he got traded to Chicago. And he averaged two points a game.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, not exactly Hawks yeah. University, but we're all, all right, wasn't He it? wasn't a student, <laughs>
1: in <Ohio. But> Nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless. Actually, freaking would made Kyle Corver an All Star. Kyle Corver should have never been an All Star that year.
0: Oh, don't look up his stat. You know he should. He was only an all-star because they didn't really lose good. in the month of
1: January. That's very true. And his all-star year, he almost shot fifty percent from three. He was an elite.
0: All- he was an elite role player. He averaged twelve points a game. Man. I don't care if you're shooting fifty percent oh. from three. I don't care if your skill is that elite, that where you're stretching defenses. If you're not a good defender, you're not a good playmaker, and you're averaging twelve points a game. You're not an all-star. Well, That's simple. <laughs> oh well,
1: who cares. Kyle Corver's an all-star. Mike Conley's hey, never been an all-star team. <laughs> that's because Mike Conley's never been in the East. Yeah. Yeah, you hate to see it. really do. Um, oh, we really got off the Anyway, so I'm really banking on the idea. And also, Budenholzer, I mean, Barrett Broden's always been good. He's been productive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he really turned into one of the most elite role players in the NBA under Budenholzer. No, he, he is and Chris elite. Middleton became an all, a bona fide star. Middleton average what twenty one this year? Yeah,
0: uh-huh. he yeah. really is. He's a, one of the best two way. He, he
1: he's, turned Pat Connaughton into a competent NBA player. There, there is an
0: argument for.
1: So I'm hoping Taylor Jenkins can do the same. That's why I really wanna, I'm really want to. I'm going to write about this. I mean, as people are listening to this, it would have been up yesterday, so Tuesday. But I'm writing about like the need for wings and how the Grizzlies can kind of build their own little Hawks universe, or let's call it the the Bud School of Wings.
0: Grizz University would have worked too, but
1: nah. I like this better. Taught <laughs> by Professor Jenkins. That's yes. good. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Um I, I guess and this final award I want to conclude with. Um, the player most fans don't really pay attention to, but would be an excellent pickup by the Grizzlies. We have some on here.
0: Sadaransky would be a good one. Uh, we don't have him on the list here but I did Sato oh
1: Sato yeah um, and uh, see I think you can get Satorancey for the same price as DeLon Wright and he can actually shoot the ball mm -hmm. and play next to Jaw.
0: their overall talent level is pretty similar but the floor spacing is definitely an asset there I
1: have Daniel House
0: I think people were actually pretty familiar with him. He
1: got talked about a lot. The nerds are familiar with
0: him. The nerds are familiar. And he he got a little bit of exposure before the Golden State-Houston playoff series, too. Um, (sighs) Jeremy Lamb is pretty known. Yeah. He
1: had that buzzer beater. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's team. fair. Any yeah. average like See, he, he six, had 16, to, sixteen a game. He had to average sixteen a game. Yeah. Someone else had to score besides him.
0: He's but. an eleven to twelve point a game score on an actually good basketball team. I would actually really like Jimmy Lamb here. Yeah, he would be. He he slots in immediately you're starting shooting guard if you're able to bring him in. I'm not exactly sure what his market will be. Um, maybe three thirty.
1: Maybe a little Who? more. Lamb. I'd say 3 and 20, or about 3 and 27, 3 and 25. I wouldn't be surprised if we got up 330. I I can see him getting 330. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, for me, it's Daniel Hauser, Maxi Klebler. Yeah. And then, uh, Nate, do you have any awards you want to come up with? Anything off the top of your head?
0: Anything off the top of my head? Let me just take a look at this list here.
1: All right. Um, So we can say the dream free agent acquisition is Malcolm Broadden. Yeah. What's your nightmare? trip? What's your nightmare for agent acquisition? Hmm.
0: What would you see? Let's just say there's a scenario where you could see Jonas getting four years 68. And that's something that I That's your do. nightmare? I wouldn't say that's my absolute nightmare. You could come back from that. Jonas would give you good years. would probably even be a borderline all-star next year. His numbers would probably be that. Wouldn't be the end of the world. I'd really dislike that. All smart people would really dislike that. Um,
1: Mine would be Mario Hazonia.
0: I I think this front – I'm not even really considering that. I think that would probably be mine, too, because Hizonia just – there was one scouting report that I read about Hazonia one time, and I think it sums him up best. For Hazonia to look like a competent NBA basketball player, he needs the offense to run through him, and he needs the ball in his hands. If, you're, if your team is at a point where you're allowing his own, ha- allowing off the, the offense to run through his own, even off the bench, you don't have a good basketball team. Nope. So <laughs> yeah. I think this front office is too smart. He, We Zachary joked about the Spider Man main, but he, he's basically Macklemore.
1: It's basically who he is. Macklemore in disguise. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Dude, can you just imagine? Just think about this. It drops. So the Woj bomb drops July 3rd. Memphis Grizzlies and. Ford. Rodney Hood agreed to a deal <laughs> don't worry about the terms just that
0: I'm assuming and, in the one,
1: next, I'm and su- then the next and the next morning the from GBB Grizzly Beer Blues Joe Molinax making up for a past mistake just full of English references it's just exquisite just the traditional Joe Molinax masterpiece yeah. about Rodney Hood Joe would finally be happy from the mistake
0: Je- pain I, you know, I from think the
1: 2014 NBA draft.
0: I just want to go back to draft night for a second and let's just say... Well, it wouldn't work because he's a free agency. My joke's not going to work now. But that? I was going to say on draft night, if the Grizzlies could have found some way to acquire Rodney Hood in a trade, even though that couldn't happen, I would honestly expect Joe to walk right into the middle of the bluff, spread his arms at 180 degrees angles, straight at his sides, and ascend into heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that he
1: had longed for... That, that's what's going to happen since the Since, since the uh,
0: 2014
1: draft... Will finally come to fruition. That would Rodney Hood would be the the Chandler Parsons Award, Mm. aka the player who falls under the (laughs) Mullenax curse.
0: Well, I would. The only way that could end is Rodney Hood shows up for his press conference, and out of nowhere, you see Jordan Adams show up with a pistol and shoot him in (laughs) the knee. (laughs) Not so fun, is it? (laughs) <laughs> oh they can bring the second Hood gets the injury they can bring back the old Drew Graham and the Grizz medical staff and they can give him the Jordan Adams treatment where they take a hammer and bash him in the knee and say does this hurt
1: <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna end there <laughs> That's all I can really say. Uh, uh, uh,
0: there's really nothing more to be said at this point. Nate, plug away. <laughs> I don't know if I like want people to know where I'm at right now. Uh, I don't think uh, you want Jordan
1: Adams to know where you're at either.
0: <laughs> where is Jordan Adams right now? He don't even know where he's at right now. I have no idea. I'm watching him be like a re- repeat listener of the core four. He's just <laughs> He just fell off his couch at home listening to this. <laughs> He probably just slapped <laughs> his ass. <laughs> <laughs> These dudes funny as puts, puts his pistol back on the table and so says, gosh, how did he know?
1: <laughs> Yikes. Alright. Um, so yeah, we're, we're not gonna put Nate's Twitter right now. Uh, I don't even want to put my Twitter on. I guess follow uh-huh. me on Twitter at BC Abraham. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Joe <laughs> we're at uh, j underscore timber fake Uh, follow the the podcast on twitter also at gbb live um and, um, uh,
0: honestly, this really did not go the way we planned at all. It was beautiful. Bro- it was a beautiful, beautiful disaster. Brogdon versus Russell for 15 minutes. It was a beautiful disaster. It's a beautiful disaster. It's it it, it, it like watching a car wreck. You can't look away. <laughs> no, and, I, pretty, and I'm sure you can't. We'll probably put in the listening description just sk- skip to like, no. say, say
1: 40. I, 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 <laughs> well, um, as the great legend Anthony Davis said, that's all That's folks. All folks.
0: <laughs>